Welcome to Retail Intel, the podcast where we dive deep into the dynamic world of commercial real estate. I'm your host, Brian Sheehan, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey through the bustling streets of retail, the aisles of shopping centers, and the world of property investment. Today on Retail Intel, I'm joined by Austin Deemer with Kids Empire. Austin, how are you? I'm doing well today. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, it's incredible. Austin, Texas, we were just talking about all the development opportunities, markets you guys are looking at. First, I want to hear a little bit about your background. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this crazy industry. Definitely. So I had just finished up a career in professional baseball in 2018. Uh, Played in the minor leagues with the Minnesota Twins, a little bit over in Munich, Germany, and Europe. And was trying to figure out the next next step there to take that competitiveness and figure out where to put all that energy. And so had a good family friend that guided me towards commercial real estate. And then 2018 joined CCP Real Estate down in Newport Beach. Started in all tenant rep brokerage and had a great mentor there in Sam Moore that helped push me along in this representing all pretty much fitness, rest, restaurants, kind of small shop uh, boxes there. And then as I continued on in that, this is, I guess, over a year ago, Shelby Pedroza had reached out with Kids Empire and said they were looking for a West Coast Territory manager. And knowing Shelby and I had known each other in the past, actually her husband and I played college baseball together at Cal State Fullerton. And when I was back with CCP, we'd actually worked on different ends of a transaction. So it all came full circle as I met the team and figured, this is an incredible opportunity to try to see the people that I'd be able to work with and kind of just jumped in full force on the West Coast territory. So very grateful for that opportunity and that pushed me into here. And about halfway into that, I took over the East Coast as well for Kids Empire and then now uh, parts of Texas. So definitely excited where this journey and brokerage has been and kind of continuing on with this group. So that's great. That. Taking over Texas, congratulations. I it's exciting. It. So, There's so much development down here. It's incredible. This will be the first time touring as we're here in, in Austin. So it's only fitting Austin and Austin. And, you know, we got it. There's got to be deals here. So if there's it. not, then I'm not the right guy. But uh, the development and just hearing and talking with everybody today, you know, excited to see where these opportunities will lead for Kids Empire and kind of our expansion as we continue along. And we're here at Retail Live, and you were saying this is your first time at a Retail Live event? First time at Retail Live, so my counterpart, Ruben, had just been in Nashville and had great things to say about it. So, so far, just seeing the, the tenant mix and getting to interact with the other tenants and figuring out what their plans are, how we can work together, different ways uh, and models to see as, you know, in our within our company, we're always looking for new opportunities, how to enhance anything. So really trying to soak in all these conversations with the other tenants and aligning, knowing where, okay, every time I look at a center, I see so-and-so. Okay, let's talk to them, see what they're doing, you know, how their, their growth has been. So for people that aren't familiar with Kids Empire, and I want to come back to that other tenants part of this conversation, uh, tell us a little bit more about Kids Empire. What was the inspiration behind the Definitely. concept? And So Kids Empire, our founder, Haim Elbaz, founded it in the First location was in 2016 in Los Angeles, and we are an indoor kids playground, the national leader in indoor kids entertainment. And it's just imagine the best way is to get inside a space. You walk in, you've got massive ceilings, play structures, slides. It's a great way, you know, we kind of call it exercise in disguise for these kids to run around. So we have a day pass model 
you can come come and go as you please all day so parents are free kids pricing ranges location to location but you're coming in there these kids are running around just having a blast all you know no screens really get them to just enjoy themselves and have you know the parents be able there to sit there watch them and know that they're in a safe environment exercise in disguise i love that that's what i've always <laughs> been too, about there know? needs to be an adult's empire exactly that. <laughs> that's you know we can talk about the next idea there we can get to that one well so let's dig into just some of the details about the kids empire concept uh, how many square feet do you need what types of co-tenants you like to go in alongside? What type of centers work well for Kids Empire? So we are 10 to 20,000 square feet. Sweet spot being around that 10 to 12 mark. Everything else being more economic driven. We love having food and soft good co-tenancy. You know, the national leaders in those areas. We don't have a food component. So we found it very effective as it is a day pass model. Our customers will come into Kids Empire, run around. Okay, now I'm hungry walk across in the center, go to one of the food tenants, and come back even. And then the same goes with the soft goods. It's not a daycare model, so it's not a drop-off. So one guardian has to be there at all times. But we've seen there, we did a study in our Covina location in Los Angeles about a year ago and with Placer and saw an increase of anywhere of 30% to 60% increase in traffic to the food tenants. Wow. And so that was incredible to see and as I talked to different landlords going, you know, we're coming in, we're drawing customers in, and then your co-tenancy will be happy to have us there. It's the traffic that we can bring to them. And it's almost come full circle where landlords will call me and go, hey, can, we're trying to bring so-and-so in here. Can you help out and explain how, you know, the draw that you'll bring to them? So it goes more than just adding another tenant to a space. It's very community-driven. and It's been exciting to see how we can you know, enhance that for the center as well as the community. So a 30 to 60% increase in foot traffic to other food-related tenants food in related the same center. In the same center. And that's anywhere from you know, a national chain to a small mom-and-pop shop. So it's been very enriching to see that, as well as part of our models, we have pizza parties. So now imagine the weekends, you're having 40 to 60 parties, four pizzas a party, and then we'll partner with a local pizza place. So now as we're opening, they're showing up at the opening going, here, try our pizza. We want to be the ones to go with you just to see I mean, the amount of transactions that they're having there. So it goes more than, you know, full circle of what's going on within the center of the community. You guys will look at inline spaces. Do you need to be end caps? Do you want to be freestanding? I know it's probably tricky in that size range to find a freestanding. Definitely, right? yeah. The freestanding would typically be if it's a pad within a center. Okay. And then everything else typically be inline, you know, we'll look at inline, we'll look at end caps. The key piece here being our ceiling heights. So we need a 21 foot clear ceiling heights. And this is part of the whole experience for the kids as they walk in. Very unique situation. And that's part of our, you know, the nice part of my job is finding these spots. As you walk in and having these heights really just makes it more for these kids and seeing such high towers and slides. And so as we look in these centers, having that 21 foot clear, if not, we will require the landlord to raise 4,000 square feet in the back section of the space to then have those clear heights. So that's probably around 50 to 60% of our deals across our national portfolio. And we get creative in figuring out economically with the landlords, you know, what works out to do these roof raises. And then it's truly amazing to watch 
once we have a roof raised, to see the whole process of uh, popping up those ceilings and, and going up. To so 50 to 60% of your new deals are or include only 4,000 square foot of roof, roof raise. Of the roof raise, yes. And then when we do that, we'll actually raise a 24 feet. As we found in our most successful parks, that 24 foot clear height, it's definitely the model that, that works. So existing 21, if not, we'll go up to 24 feet. Take it up to 24. We will do build the suits, all depending on, again, that being more of less of a freestanding building, but more of, okay, we're in a center, we've got some pads on the outskirts of the parking lot, they're redoing some retail there. We can jump into build the suit in that sense. And did I hear you correctly that the model where you have a 24 foot clear height in that 4,000 square foot section, that unit performs better than others with only 21 feet? That's what we've we've seen across. And that's why we definitely stress if we don't have those clear heights to go to that 24 foot height with the landlords. Just to ensure, you know, hey, this is what's working. Let's make it. We want to be the best we can in your center. So what do you think is behind that? What's driving? It's definitely, you know, we'll have to do a field trip out to a a location. But as as you look up and see the clear heights, it's more of the experience for the kids. You know, at the smaller ceilings to the higher ceilings. It's more impactful to them to see that. Correct. Okay. So as they go in, their eyes are looking around and running around so they can, you know, we want the experience to be for them. You know, as we do this and are looking at real estate across the country, it's the customer. So our customers are 10 and under being the main customer here. And we just want them, these kids to just have that experience. So they're, you know, can't wait to, when are we going back to Kids Empire? When are we going? So we truly want to make sure it's not, let's just roll all these out. It's let's make sure the details are correct. So as we continue to expand nationally, we're doing the right so obviously kids are a big part of your customer base when you're looking at the trade area or true trade area how many kids do you need how far afield are you looking at that population so typically our demographics i look at if i have four hundred thousand population within 10 miles i know we can find a spot there now under that i definitely dig into kids under 10 and i love seeing above 10 percent in that I get really excited when I see 15%. So the more kids I have, I know there's opportunity there. We are a very affordable product. So that average income demographic definitely plays with us less than the affluent. So we can definitely go up up and down on that ladder, but that mid demographic is typically where we, we look to strike. Go back to the concept just quickly. You can hear so much about entertainment these days and you don't have food, but you're relying on the other food operators in the same center. Just talk a little bit about that dynamic. I enjoy this piece as not having to deal with the food component to then be excluded from different tenants. It's going, I like that Chipotle is right here, so now I can go in next to them or play off what they're doing. And it's allowed different opportunities for us. And then really just to focus again more on the experience of the indoor playground that being the mo of everything that's amazing and i'm thinking about some of the box users and these legacy exclusives and use restrictions that might exist in a center how are you finding that you definitely run into some some uh, issues sometimes and some exclusions but we've gotten creative and landlords have gotten creative to work around those or get waivers so 
it's definitely those first conversations of, oh no, you may be excluded by so-and-so to then, okay, well, let's figure out a solution to get us all in there and show the impact that we can have being a co-tenant with you. So that's definitely, it's part of the job here is less of here's a space that works, let's do it. It's okay, how do we get creative to make these deals happen? From the landlord side, Phillips Edison, it seems that there's more of an appetite, maybe even just slightly more, but at least more of an appetite to looking at those exclusives and use restrictions and being a little more flexible because they like your type of use in the same center. Whereas in the past, there was just so much maybe fear, anxiety about the parking, potential impacts you know, on their business. But it sounds like you're finding that to be Finding that, you know, well. it's, it's nice hearing that from yourself as well. And, you know, that's truly explaining, getting on the same page of what we can bring and how we can enhance the different pieces and mm-hmm. help navigate through that process for us. And that's, we're up to about 56 open locations, actually 57 as of today. Congratulations. Yeah, 57. Where that. was the 57? 57. 57th. You're putting me on the spot here. I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll have to call in. I'll phone a friend on that one and get back to you later today. 56 but, locations. In only in the U.S. In the U.S. Only in the U.S. We should be about seventy-five end of this year, and then twenty twenty-four slated for another fifty. So end of twenty-four, we should have about one hundred twenty-five. End of twenty-four, we're gonna have one hundred twenty. One hundred twenty-five. So That's we've awesome. got just a, a rock star team, and through our upper real estate as well as the brokerage teams that Ruben and I handle across the country, have just been. Truly amazing for us. I mean, that's the, the biggest part of recovering these territories to know that the boots on the ground know the markets. They come to us. We can trust on them and lean on them to navigate these deals with the landlords. So the full picture truly you know, helps us navigate and push these deals forward. And You're going to more than double by the end of next year. Which is from a, this point. a very, you know, ha- I'm very happy to hear that. So a big it, smile a, on your uh, face. You know, Sounds smiling, like a lot of opportunity yeah, out there. A lot of opportunity and just the people that we're working with, you know, makes it exciting and doesn't feel like a day-to-day job. It's more of a big picture. Okay, you know, I wake up, what deals am I working on today? And that can completely switch to something else. And it's just navigating through that. But just knowing the teams behind us that, you know, you've got the right people in place. So where are you going to grow? What are the markets you guys are looking at? So I cover pretty much Colorado West and then South Carolina up to New Hampshire and then now Texas. So again, if we have 400,000 people within 10 miles, I will be in any of those markets. markets. And where's Ruben looking? Ruben's all the Midwest and all the Southeast states. So the full country, as long as we've got those demographics, which makes it, I love that on my part because I'm going, oh, that site, we've got it. Let's find another deal. Let's get another deal on the hopper. So you're definitely transacting on just hundreds of deals at a time, but having the right systems in place, the people there, different ways to look at and, and analyze just truly helps. And 400,000 people in a 10 mile radius. I guess I want to talk a little bit more about where your best location storage units are. What's going to help make it a home run? Definitely having that a million plus within 10 miles. We've seen tremendous items there. We also look a lot with placer and work with those numbers. If we see strong placer numbers, that definitely enhances of customers coming in. Miami, what, let me press a little bit on that. What are you looking for in placer? Customer visits. So analyzing that in a few different methods of who's coming in, the stores in there, how they're, how they're running, and just kind of putting that in the full picture of our different demographic packages. 
recently in Miami at Dolphin Mall, we've seen just crazy numbers there. That's one of our top performing stores right now. And that... What's, a, times, what's a crazy number for Kids Empire? Month, I have to go back with... I'll get with our analytic team on the monthly and yearly, but we had kids lining up at 9.45 p.m. We close at 10, and there's a line out the door. So I'll have to show you a video after this. I mean, it's just absolutely insane that you see you're going, wait a minute, you just want to come in for 15 minutes? 15-minute power session. A power session. So, yeah, here. bedtime parents are going, hey, get in there, get it in, you're good to go, now I can go sleep and be, be fine. So That's awesome. It's definitely, and that, that was you know in the last couple of months, and then another one might pop up, and now this one's doing amazing numbers. So it's wonderful to see as these open in different sections to see, okay, what's going on here, how we can, again, continue to improve as we're working across the country really like placer and spent a lot of time looking at our centers and I'm just trying to think about sort of the average traffic number let's say it's a million million and a half if you've got 400,000 population in a 10 mile radius is there a particular number in terms of foot traffic on placer that you'd be looking at and say that looks like a good location is it yeah, translate into 2 million visits a year or something typically we'll go in the last 3 months we found that to look at the last three the last months. Three months, and if I've got a million people in the last three months, I'm I've got a big smile on my face. If all dependent on the location, so there's a few different factors that go into that, but definitely the the visits that go in there is something that I'll analyze and then take with add that to the population, who's in the center, different factors, and then a lot of it too is who's in you know my broker that's in the market. You know, it might say, and that's what I really enjoy about our teams is they'll give upfront answers of what they think, and then I can match that with my analytics and then really have a good idea of what we're doing when we go into these. It sounded like you said you were looking pretty closely at the visits. How granular are you getting? What are you looking for in the visit numbers on Placer? Or is it just a top line visits number? Visits being a top for? line number, and then I'll get into the nitty gritty of how the other tenants are doing or the traffic of where they're coming from where the visits are coming from, if they're just coming in, if it's after work, if it's you know, more of a daily need. So a few different pieces that can happen. How much are you looking at in, the, in terms of co-tenancy? Are you at all concerned with or looking at how that other, call it national retail or restaurant operator, falls in the range of their stores maybe in that state? So if they rank in the top third, are you looking at rankings or are you just looking at rankings, foot that, traffic? That could be another business? factor that, that goes in. And using that as a piece to go to kind of match with the others. If, okay, we're looking at this, if that ranking's there, maybe it helps enhance, maybe it doesn't factor in. So a few different pieces that can go along with it, as well as other co-tenants um, in entertainment. So Urban Air, we can coexist with them sometimes there's pieces where they do have a playground. That's where we wouldn't be coexist. But typically, Urban Air, Sky Zone, uh, Dave & Buster's, Round One, great, great co-tenancy because our customer being more of tenant under doesn't conflict with them. And then it works with, as you've got families, older kids can go here, younger kids can go here. So we do love seeing other entertainment as well. Interesting. It's making me think about movie theaters, other entertainment concepts, anything. Pickleball. So yeah, again, I've seen looking at some deals going, wow, this pickleball concept is going to take 20,000 square feet here. So seeing how the entertainment can kind of synergize with each other as well, yeah, the entertainment, the food, the soft goods, and just creating a full, the dwell time that's going to be at that center is another piece to go, you know, 
is we our tenants are customers going to be there. That dwelling's going to come around. Maybe they're going to Pickle Bowl. Maybe they're going to Round One, and they're going to Kids Empire. So, just creating that nice flow mm-hmm. on the landlord side as they're looking, looking at. Seems like a lot of different synergies potentially exist for Kids Empire, multiple different types of centers. What co-tenancies wouldn't be a good fit? If I'm looking at our portfolio and I'm thinking about I've got the right pop, maybe I've got you know other co-tenancies that could be a good fit. Are there some that wouldn't necessarily? Typically, I mean, it'd have to be another concept that's similar to us. That could be a factor where, okay, we're too similar that that won't work. Other than that, we typically can slot in, maybe play well with everybody. Play well with everybody. Yeah, we're nice. So that's why I try to I try to make that clear. Like, hey, we're we're gonna come in, we'll be nice. You know, those conversations we get to these centers to figure out who's in there and why it would make sense for us to be there. That makes me wanna ask you about some of the specifics of your deal. So I like to always try to find out are there certain non-negotiables or things that won't work well for kids empire in your lease things you've already, you know, you've got 50 plus locations, done this enough now to know there's just certain things we can't we won't agree to. The big factor here, I think would be the, the clear heights. That's one piece right now is that, you know, I think it's worked well with, with our model and Heim's formulated this and it's been successful. And the other piece is being a deal maker, I wouldn't want to put my foot down on anything is we can get creative of figuring out what works for the landlord, what works it. for us and find that middle ground to navigate through rather than just having a hard stop on anything so we definitely like to think outside the box to make these deal deal terms work that's really going to be beneficial to you guys going forward because there's just so much competition for space and so it seems like if you want to get deals done you're going to have to come to the table with an open mind yes creativity and so that's forefront that's a piece just knowing again how competitive the market is to figure out not just black and white to go, you know, let's, let's sit down, let's talk on this, you know, always happy to get on calls, teams, meetings, zooms, get on site. You know, that, I think that's the wonderful part about us is we're, we're flexible to make these deals happen. You know, if we need to go fly out to a location or to meet a landlord to make a deal happen, you know, I'm happy to, happy to do that. So the energy's there. It's an interesting size range that I guess that you're competing for that 10 to 12,000 square foot sweet spot what are you finding out there when you tour market like austin it definitely that 10 to twelve thousand, and it's a competitive one you know there's other soft good users that want to get in there and so that it's figuring out who's the best use for that i've seen either former gyms sometimes come up that do have the clear heights different movie theaters that may be rearranging that do have the clear heights and then just finding those junior anchor boxes that that can work or already are vacant coming up and then in certain markets if the economics work right to get into a build suit. So those are always, I love doing those deals as well. Kind of having them spec'd out, ground up and, and work with it. So in terms of rent payers, are you finding maybe you've got an advantage compared to some of these other junior box, junior anchor users where a landlord might, you know, if they don't know anything about kids empire, mm-hmm. you're competing in a highly competitive market. What's the advantage of going with Kids Empire versus maybe a soft goods retailer that's wanting that same size Definitely, space. I think we've got favorable economic numbers, and I think my favorite part is they're all corporate deals. So every deal is corporate. That is truly, again, puts another smile on my face when I go, FYI, these are all corporate deals. So having that factor in, I think is definitely a piece to work with. 
for sure. Who is the entity? Uh, so it's Kids Empire. So Kids Empire LLC. And then we are backed by OTM Capital out of Paris, France. And they've probably got, corrected later if I'm wrong, but $2 billion in assets throughout their portfolio. And so they've been a wonderful group with us. And so it's been nice to have that backing as we're moving along to have this expansion. Paris, France. So yeah, everyone, um, Haim is out of, out of Paris, National Brokers out of Paris. So I've been trying to freshen up in my French. I told him I was going to do this whole thing in, in uh, French today, but they haven't oh, caught sure. up yet. So yeah, merci. <laughs> so they'll be, yeah, they'll be heckling at me later, but We've got Planning your first trip, or you've been to Paris before? I uh, haven't been to Paris yet, so I'll actually be out in Europe um, in September, and I'll be in the south of France, so I'll try to freshen up a little bit on that, but uh, I've got a little time, so I think we'll, we'll have to get out all as a group out to Paris so we can get the, the hometown tour. Is Kids Empire planning European expansion? Only in the U.S. right now, so just currently currently U.S. And that's making me think, what's the uh, radius for Kids Empire in a market like Austin, I think I heard Dallas is eventually going to be 10 million people mm-hmm. and potentially what you could do. How many units and Definitely all kinds of depends like on the MSA that's there. Austin, you definitely have two to three in this market. Okay. Um, as we're looking at San Antonio, that's probably a two-store market. And that number can change as, you know, as I've been with them seeing – all these numbers kind of fluctuate of, okay, we hit all these pockets, maybe have an infill here, or we're seeing a need, you know, we know now we can go X amount of miles away. So it's a changing number and works through. And that's, I think, another exciting piece is, okay, maybe I hit all my markets. And then as I'm doing that, we need another spot here, another spot here. So it's truly, it keeps you on your toes. You know, you're working day to day and knowing that things are moving and you're we're working our formulas, so adding in and trying to just keep keep that number growing. Is it fair to say that VPD vehicles per day isn't top line criteria for you as long as the traffic is there? I wonder sometimes about our centers where the VPD doesn't look great on paper, but then you go into Placer and you see there's 2 million plus visits at that center, which to me looks pretty good, relatively speaking. I'm curious, I guess, how much do you look at VPD? Yeah, I, I definitely, I'll see it. It's not going to be, it's not going to make or break a deal. More of, again, like you talked about, the visits that are within that center. So it's a, another piece that I'll look at, but it's not going to, definitely won't hurt, depending on, especially getting on site, seeing actually what's going on. And that's, I think a big part that we do across the country is I'm constantly on a plane, flying to this center, that center. And so you can... I love Google Google Maps. You can do a lot on that, a lot with Placer, but truly getting on site and seeing with your eyes what's going on, I think definitely makes a difference. And we, you know, make a point to do that across. When you get on site, what are some of the things that jump out at you most about a center? Uh, what are you looking for? I definitely look at, you know, I like to go middle of the day to kind of see, okay, when when's the traffic coming to this center? Who's at this center? What does the parking lot look like? You know, certain times on Google Maps. Oh wow, this place is packed. I get there. Okay, where what's why are there not cars here? Maybe I'm here at a different time, maybe the season it is. I definitely look kind of walking to some other shops who's shopping around and then just getting more of a visual on on the actual center. And who the customer is. Who the customer is. It's going, okay, this fits what I'm seeing. You know, we can look at all these analytics and numbers and see everything, but I think truly boots on the ground, getting eyes on a space is when you'll really get a feel of what's actually going on. 
if it's a busy center, are you willing, able, or are you looking past some of the visual flaws of it? Maybe the asphalt needs repair, or the landscaping's not been maintained, or it needs a refresh. How important are those aspects to you? There, there's definitely, you know, we like to have a clean, clean facade. It's, mm-hmm. it's kids entertainment. So as mom or dad is bringing their kids in, we want it to be a safe environment. So as they're parking their car, walking the, into the storefront, you know it's going to be a nice visual for them. And obviously these can all change as centers get redone and the facades move around. So it's a piece that will go into it and all kind of the big picture that, that happens. It makes me wonder about who your competitor is. And I'm thinking of, you know, there's a Y near my house. And I don't know, do you look at them as competitors? Do you want to be near them, not near them? There's definitely some regional competitors that, know with with any concept happen throughout the markets and so we're aware and we see what they're doing and then obviously if they're in a center not a place that you want to be um, but can navigate throughout the, the market with them are you sometimes looking to be near them that's an indicator that there are a lot there's a you know heavy child population yeah it, it's definitely something that goes through my mind as i'm looking going okay if you know so and so is here it, it would make sense to be somewhere in this market um, but not a not truly tracking down what they're doing, kind of sticking with our model of our analytics of what we need to do. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, what else? Is there anything that we didn't cover that you want people, our listeners, to know about Kids Empire? I think that that went through a lot right there. So that, that was fun for me, kind of diving into the analytics here on your side. And again, just being here at Retail Live, knowing that I'm going to have these conversations throughout the day with other tenants and pick their brain and learn. I think that's, again, with with Kids Empire, just the company structure that we have of just always learning, figuring out what's best, and just a very good family team environment. So I'm excited for the future with Kids Empire. A lot of great things to come. And, uh, Absolutely. More conversations with you to fit into your centers. So we'll have those. Thank you, Austin, for taking the time to speak with me and for a great interview. Visit kidsempire.com to find a location near you. You can also give them a follow on Instagram at kidsempire.us. Thank you for tuning in to my first Retail Intel podcast. Connect with me on LinkedIn, and if you're interested in being a part of Retail Intel, send a message to nationalaccounts at phillipsedison.com. If you wanna hear more about new and expanding brands, Keep tuning in to Retail Intel. Talk to you next time.